Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Happy Advent and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. I've been spending a lot of time in reflection lately about Mother Mary and her journey to Bethlehem as a newly married woman, somewhere unfamiliar and very, very pregnant. It reminds me a lot of my pregnancy with my oldest son. I wish I had been more in tune with my faith then to see the similarities between Mary and me and take comfort in knowing that we're kindred spirits, but I'm grateful to recognize them now as I'm entering this season of motherhood and this season of Advent. My oldest son was born in the winter, three weeks after Christmas to be precise. And that Christmas, I was very pregnant, very uncomfortable, and very nervous. This was to be my first child, and he was my first child after a pregnancy loss. I was hyper aware of my body and kept count of every tiny kick and punch from the first little flutters I felt. I remember walking into the doctor's office when we learned we were expecting. I had all the books, all the things, and read all the articles trying to be as prepared as I could be to make this pregnancy perfect. And I wanted to know what else I needed to do. How else could I prepare for this baby to come? My midwife looked me straight in the eye and said, all those books and articles, throw them out. Here's all you need to know. Your body is like a Maserati. Fill it with high quality fuel, take care of it, and don't push it to the red line every day. That's it. And I'll see you in a few weeks. That piece of advice has stuck with me through literally everything. And as I was sitting to write this episode, it came flooding back to me. If we want to prepare ourselves for the first coming and the second coming of Christ, what do we need to do to prepare? We need to fill ourselves with prayer, take care of our spirit, and rest. That's it, and we'll see him in a few weeks at Christmas. So how do we take care of our spirit? Going to Mass and confession, which wipes away anything heavy we've been carrying around for far too long, are pretty good places to start. Today, Father Tim Saad of Seven Sorrows Parish is sharing with me why and how we should go to confession. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My name is Father Tim Saad. I'm the pastor of Seven Sorrows in Middletown. Uh, before that, I was at St. Joe's in Mechanicsburg and a chaplain at Trinity High School. So I've been a priest for three and a half years, um, so not very long. I was ordained in 2018, and it's been such a such a wonderful three years, three and a half years. It really has been a blessing to be a priest and to um, just live the life of the sacraments, live with people. It's been a heck of a three years uh, in the history of the world, um, but it's a good reminder that, you know, Jesus Christ is present in every situation and every time, even though we think we're in a time that's unprecedented, he's still present. He's still he's still alive. And so it's it's good to be a priest in that time. Can you talk to me a little bit about what is confession, actually? Oh, my. Confession is, I have to say... For me, confession has always been 
growing up, it was something we did. You obviously know you have to confess your sins. And we know that if you have mortal sins, you have to go to confession to have those mortal sins, those serious sins, cleaned off of you. But venial sins, those smaller sins, can be wiped away at Holy Communion. So you don't need to go to confession to get rid of venial sin. Every time you receive Holy Communion, those venial sins are wiped out. So I kind of knew this growing up. You know, I went to Catholic school for 16 years, including college. So I knew that. But after, after I think, very early part of high school, I stopped going to confession because I thought, well, what's, what's the point? I don't want to go tell my sins to somebody else. I'm embarrassed by my sins, particularly a couple that I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't want my parish priest to know these things or whatever. So I stopped going. And in high school, we went to confession. And I remember sitting next to one of the confessionals and I can hear everything. And I like got up and moved. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go to confession where I can hear, where everyone can hear what I'm saying. So I stopped going. And I didn't go for 18 years after that. I remember sitting in a in a church. Uh, I went to mass, of course, but I, I just didn't go to confession. Didn't see a need. God forgives me. I'll ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive me. But a priest at at, at a church I was going to in, in Virginia kept every week. It was Lent, and he, he just kept pounding, "Go to confession. You'll you'll not regret it. Go to confession. You need to feel God's mercy and His love." And before, I had a very mechanical understanding of what confession was. Okay, I go, I get my mortal sins cleared off, I get my venial sins cleared off. And I knew that. I need, knew I needed to do that. But I thought, well, okay, I'll just say, say a prayer and God will heal me. That was a very mechanical understanding. But when the priest was talking about it, feeling his mercy and his love, feeling forgiven, that began to resonate with me because... I remember saying my prayers and saying, God, forgive me for this and for that, but I didn't feel forgiven. And But the priest kept saying, you need to go so that you can feel his mercy and his love. And he kept telling this week after week after week, because he kept pointing to this confession service that they were going to have at the end of Lent and that we all needed to go. And I was like, well, no, I'm not going to go, but I understand what he's saying. No, I'm not going to go. But then I decided I was going to go. And boy, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I remember standing there in line shaking. There were so many people there. And I just remember thinking, if this takes five more minutes, I'm going to get out of here. But I stuck with it. And thank God I did because I felt his mercy and his love through that sacrament that I hadn't felt in 18 years and probably my whole life. This sacrament, yes, its point is to get rid of sin, mortal sin especially, but venial sins too, those smaller sins and those major sins, no matter what that sin is. But it's also to then feel the impact of what it means to be free of that sin and to feel his mercy and his love. To me, this sacrament, to me, this sacrament shows his mercy and his love in a more real way than any other sacrament we have. And in any other interaction we have with God, this sacrament does it for me. And so I have every every opportunity I have to talk up the sacrament of confession, I do, because that's where I felt it. And I wouldn't be a priest if I didn't go to confession that day, obviously. If I didn't really believe in the power of the sacrament, how could I be a priest to administer it? But to be able to go and to feel it, that changed my life. And I'm so grateful for that priest for hounding it. So I keep hounding it just because I know people, not because I'm trying to cast people down, 
to live, to like be reminded of their sins, but to be, to know that we have sin, sin damages us, not because the church says it does, but because it does real harm in us. And then to be free of that, to not have to carry that around. I mean, we're not meant to carry it around. He wants to forgive us. So take advantage of that and feel freedom from sin. Boy, that to me, this is what confession is, is that feeling of freedom that he wants us to live in and not the slavishness to sin that, that the evil one wants us to hold on to. Uh, he, he wants us to be free, and, and that's what confession is to me. That's amazing. Like When you put it like that, it's like, how do you not run to the confessional? <laughs> well, and, and to be honest, I was the one who was like one of the ones who didn't, you know? Um, but man, feeling that power of that freedom to not have to carry it around or the shame of carrying around sin. The evil one wants you to live in shame. God does not. God does not shame us. Uh, yeah, we feel guilt because we have sin. We got to get rid of it. Uh, but shame is another thing altogether, and that prevents us from going to the sacrament. And I think I had shame, and I and I lived in that because the evil one wanted me to. Uh, but God does not. He wants you to be free of it. So you touched on this a little bit, but especially coming from someone like yourself who struggled with going to confession for years, why do we have to confess our sins to a priest? Like if God's going to forgive us, what's the role of the priest? I think that's an excellent point. I liken it to this. When you were a kid and your parents wanted you, they said, we can go, you need to get your ideas to Santa as what you want for Christmas. They offered you the option of writing him a letter or going to the mall to see Santa. What would you do? I would go to the mall. Why would you do that? Because you get to talk directly to him. Exactly. If you write that letter, you know, you write the letter to Santa, right? Mm -hmm. What do you put on the, what do you put on the envelope? To Santa and, and the then, North Pole. And the North Pole, right? That ain't getting to the North Pole. Like, <laughs> like how does that North Pole is a huge place, right? Right. Like, how do they know? How does that mail carrier, when it arrives at the North Pole post office, he's going to take that letter the whole way over to Santa Claus's house, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I never understood. Like, there's no other address. There's no zip code. There's no nothing. Just Santa Claus, North Pole, and it's going to get to him. I never trusted that. I knew I was exactly like you. You go right to the you go right to the mall and you tell Santa because that way he would know. He would he would know what you wanted. And that letter, like, who knows where that's going? You know? To me, that's the sign of why we go to confession. If I were to pray and ask for forgiveness of my sins, and say I'm a Christian who doesn't believe in the sacrament of confession, I imagine God does not hold them. He doesn't hold them to what he holds us Catholics to because we believe in the sacraments. I'm sure God in, in some way forgives us. It, when we were in the pandemic and we couldn't go to confession, if we said an act of contrition, when we say a perfect act of contrition, meaning we are, we are, we are sorry, we are contrite for our sins, um, and we promise not to do them again, then he would, we have to believe that he would have forgiven us because we didn't have outlet. We didn't have access to the sacrament of confession, as, as sad as that was. The whole point of the sacraments is that God wants us to know of his presence. It's a visible sign of an invisible reality. And the sacrament of confession is the same thing. Like, as I mentioned before, I never felt forgiven, even though I prayed to God and asked him to forgive me for my sins. I needed to hear it. I needed to have, uh, it's hard to go into a confessional and talk to a, to a priest talk to Jesus through a priest. 
But you know, when you go in there, you feel so nervous. I still feel nervous. I go to confession every two weeks. I still feel nervous because I'm really carrying something in. And then when I leave, I really feel like a weight is lifted off. I think many people who go to confession feel that way. It's because you were, we were really taking something into that confessional and we're really like leaving without it. That's a real thing. That doesn't happen when we're just, hey, God, forgive me for my sin. I don't have that same feeling of relief. It's that interaction with God that we have in the sacrament is why we need to go. We need to feel his mercy and feel the power of that being lifted off of us. And the sacrament does that in a way that a private prayer can't do. I'm not saying God doesn't work the same way through both, if necessary. But man, we need that, that feeling of knowing that we confessed our sin to Jesus through that priest, and then through the priest's words of absolution, that sin has been taken away. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you, who confessed, pardon and peace. And then he gives his absolution. Uh, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, that's, that is the... To hear those words, I absolve you from your sins... That's not something we get in a private prayer, to know that it has been lifted off, to feel it, to feel the freedom from it. That's why we have the sacrament. I wouldn't, to me, I wouldn't say, why do we have to? I would say, this is the reason why, is because we need to feel the power of his mercy and his love that we just don't get in, in, a, in a situation where we're just sitting with him. As good as prayer is, it's not the same as the sacrament. That's very true. You do feel the sense of like release, like you just let it go and it's no longer that monkey on your back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You had talked about this a little bit as well earlier about how when you were standing outside the confessional and you could hear everything and made you just want to back away. What does a priest think when you're in the confessional and you're just spilling out all of these sins? Oh my. A lot of times people think, and I did, that priest is going to think worse of me. First of all, there's no sin, I don't think. That would surprise surprise a priest. The devil is strong. He is persistent. But I don't think he's very creative. Humanity has the same sins. Yeah, there are some sometimes where people, people have a lot heavier things, especially as we get older, our sins become heavier. Our sins become weightier. They're, they're, they're I don't want to say bigger or worse. It's just... Life is more difficult as we get older, so we, we have more complicated scenarios than they were when we were kids. And so, yes, sins are different in those times. But I am never, I, I'm not shocked by sin. If someone ha comes to confession and has the, the courage to confess something that is so weighty that has weighed them down for years maybe, I have nothing but respect for that person. They give me an example of what it means to have trust in God that, okay, I'm going to, I have this thing and it's not, it's not good and it's hard to say, but I'm going to confess it to me. I, it's, that's, I just have honor for that person because they show so much courage and to be perfectly honest. And I know this is going to sound like a cop out, 
but I don't remember what people confess. That was just going to be my next question was like, do you kind of hold on to it like later on? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't. And because, and I would think if you ask most priests in my talks with them, I, I, I think if you ask most priests, I think they'll tell you the same thing. They just don't remember the sins. And I think that is the, that shows the beauty of this sacrament because it tells us what truly is happening. When God abolishes sin in that confessional, he's not just abolishing it in eternity, which he is, and in his mind, which he is, but he's abolishing it even in ours. In my mind, I don't remember sins, and I'm so grateful for that because I think it shows what is truly happening in eternity. The sin is forgiven. It's absolved. Why would I, why would I remember what someone confessed? And I tell them, hey, listen, your sin's forgiven in eternity. Do not hold on to it anymore. Why would I then remember it? God gives me the grace to forget it as he does. That's, to me, such a great sign of what truly is happening. I remember priests telling me that before I was ordained a priest, and I think, yeah, right. How could you forget what people confess? Like, But you do. I do. And I think most priests will tell you they do. It's a gift, um, but it's also a sign of what's really happening, that that sin is gone in eternity. It's gone in the mind of God. I really like that reference of, you know, having the courage and priests not it's a gift that you guys can't that priests can't remember the sins that you confess it's almost like like when you put your garbage out by the side of the street like the garbage man isn't gonna remember oh they had six bags this week he right. just throws them in the truck and sends them on their way that's really powerful and encouraging <laughs> let's say you're someone like me or like you had been in the past and you haven't been to confession in a really, really long time. Can I bring a notepad? Can I bring my phone? Like something with notes on it. If you haven't been to confession in a long time, don't worry that you don't have the process down. That is such a mind. That is not even an issue. A priest will help you. There is a definite order to the sacrament. But there is not an order that you have to know going in. The priest will just ask you questions. He'll prompt you. How long has it been since your last confession? And then don't be embarrassed to say how long it's been. The priest isn't going to look at you. The priest, I, every time someone says a long period of time, 40 years, I'm just in awe that that person still has the trust in God to come back to him. Don't be embarrassed by the time. Be honest, be truthful. It's not meant to like make you feel guilty for not being there that long. It's to get an idea that the priest can get an idea of how long it's been so that when he gives you counsel or whatever, he can help you along the way. But then you just go and lift sins. And there's no reason to like get into huge detail with your sins. You don't need to get, God knows the details. He also knows the sins, but you need to get them out of you. That's the only purpose of that. That's you're giving them up. You don't need to get into the whole backstory. You don't need to, the priest doesn't need to know, like he's not writing a book. Like there's no, like he doesn't need the details. Just get the sins out. Period. The the sin, the type of sin, how, how many times about? 327, no, but like, okay, maybe whatever. Weekly, daily, whatever. That kind of thing. That's all that's necessary for the sacrament. The, the sacrament of confession, even if it's been a long time, shouldn't take a long time. It doesn't need to take a long time. It shouldn't necessarily involve a lot of like spiritual direction. It can involve advice, but there, it, generally there'll be other people in line, and you don't want to take a long time 
and that discourages people. I know for me, that discouraged me from going to confession if I was going to wait an hour and a half because I was already nervous. And if there's someone, if the, if the several people in front of me were taking a long time, I'd be like, what are they talking about? Is he going to yell at me? I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> it was always, so uh, it doesn't need to be a long time. If you'd like to talk to the priest, that priest would be happy to talk to you outside of the confessional for a meeting for spiritual direction or things like that. But confession should just be lay out the sins. It doesn't need to be a whole backstory. Um, if you want to provide some detail, you can do that, but don't go into a whole big detail. You don't have to. It's not necessary for you to be absolved. Sins, number of times, and then the priest will give you a penance. It doesn't have to be a major. It probably won't be a major penance either, even if it's been a long time. And then you say the act of contrition, the priest will give you absolution, and that's it. That's pretty straightforward. It is. And there's so so having paper, if you have sins that you, yeah, you uh, the things you need to confess are your mortal sins. The venial sins, you can confess them, the, the smaller sins. You can confess ones perhaps that you've had difficulty with. But if it's been a long time, going through venial sins, even after two weeks or three weeks or a week or whatever it is that I go to confession, like if I listed all the venial sins, I'd be there for months, you know? So uh, you don't need to list all the venial sins, just maybe ones perhaps you have a, a special difficulty with, and then definitely the mortal sins. So if you need to write them down, Okay, do it, but uh, get rid of it right away. It needs to be, yeah. You need to make sure it gets gets gotten rid of. What happens if I forgot something? That's a good question. There's a difference between forgetting something and purposefully not saying something. If you forget it, don't worry. You say at the end of the confession, generally say, "I'm sorry for these and for all my sins." And that's not a cover all for like hiding something that needs to be hiding a mortal sin, but that's. You know, if if you can't remember, God doesn't hold that against you. What I would just say is the next time you go to confession, you bring that with you. You bring that sin with you and ask for absolution. I wouldn't feel the need to go running back immediately, but I would go again rather soon and include that in the confession. Now, hiding it is a different story. You shouldn't. We shouldn't hide sin. That is not covered by the I am sorry for these and for all my sins. As difficult as sin is, and I know it is, I know it's hard to say, speak things. But again, the priest is not judging. I heard a, I heard a great explanation of what confession was. It's we either go and uh, do our penance here, go and do the hard thing by confessing our sins here and doing our penance, you know, saying our two our fathers and our Hail Mary here, or receiving judgment in the next life. And uh, I'd rather. I'd rather have the embarrassment of saying those sins as hard as they might be and saying my Hail Marys and my Our Fathers or doing my act of uh, my good, my, the act of goodwill, perhaps maybe a penance that had been given to me as opposed to spending the rest of eternity away from our Lord. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be embarrassed whatsoever. Just go in and say it. Uh, I, I only have admiration for people who clearly nervous, clearly have something to say and say it. That's good to hear. How do you make a good confession? Is there like a way that we can examine our conscience beforehand? Is there like a checklist we can go down? What what would you say the best practice is for making a good confession? I think for uh, um, examination of conscience is what we would say. A lot of times we'll use the Ten Commandments or something. And I think that's good, but it also 
um, can limit the way we see sin. Those are generally sins of commission, things we things we did. Then there's also sins of omission, things we didn't do but should have. And to me, in my life, they're just as prevalent, but they don't get. I, I don't confess them as much as the sins I did. I would just say the best way to prepare for confession is not right before confession, although that's necessary. But it's to get into a, a habit, perhaps every day, perhaps every other day or something, just looking back on our day at the end of the day and seeing where we fell short. And then you're going to start to see patterns. If you do that every day, it doesn't have to be a huge, long process. But if you do that, you can also take that time to, to thank God for the times that, that you felt his presence, that, he was, that you felt his, his impact. He's with us all the time. We only, we only realize it as humans sometimes whenever we feel something good or we don't feel him, but he's always next to us. Um, but if we were to, to spend some time at the end of each day thanking him for, for the blessings that he has given us and, and also to acknowledge where we fall short. You know, at the Mass, we say, brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to enter into these sacred mysteries. Like the whole point of the Mass is to wipe out, is to give us the sacrifice that wipes out sin and to, to, take, to, to get those sins wiped out. And we start Mass by acknowledging our sins. And at the end of the day, perhaps we should do the same thing, acknowledging our sins. Uh, and, and, and when we do that, we can begin to see patterns and that tells us perhaps what we should bring to the confessional. If every day, multiple times a day, we're getting angry while we're driving, or we, we're making judgments on people based on who they are or what they look like, or we're, uh, you know, whatever the sin might be, if we notice that we're doing that, we're gossiping, uh, we're talking about a certain person, if we're doing that every week, day, that's what we bring to the confessional, those, those, those habits, those those things that seem to be growing inside of us that are really hard to pull, pull out by the roots. Those are the things we bring to the confessional. So I would say it's not necessarily something that we do just at the end as we're preparing for confession, but something that we prepare for on a daily basis just by going over our day and seeing, oh my gosh, I said this to the kids and I need to really apologize or I was really a bad role model because I said this word you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if that's something that you see it happens on a regular basis, take that to confession, ask for forgiveness for that. That's a really good way of thinking about it. Because when you go through the Ten Commandments, you're right. You, you're like, well, I didn't really murder anybody, but you might have done something like in the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, for me, life is, uh, I, that's where my, that's where my sins lie is the fine print that I, that I could easily gloss over. Well, thank you so much for coming in and answering these questions for me. And thank you for all you do. And, and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.